1: Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! We are excited to be back together this week. There is so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to run down so many things. Ron Howard came out with a conversation about Solo. We're talking about trolling. We have some Bill and Ted news. We have some Dark Phoenix news. And then we're going to get into some trailer stuff down the road. But first, uh, let's uh, introduce ourselves. My name is John Rocha. I am a a voiceover artist and a host, writer, and producer over at Collider.com and the co-host of the Top Ten Show and the cinephiles, Michael Vogel.
2: Uh, I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and film and also an avid reader of sci-fi and fantasy. I'm just going to throw something new in every week, new facts <laughs> about me. I like long walks on the beach. People are taking odds on
1: what
0: if Shannon can get
1: his stuff right or not this time around. Every week he stumbles over his credits.
0: Oh, and this is Shannon McClung, aka the stumbler over of credits. <laughs> I am an animation writer and I'm also an actor, and I pulled up my IMDb. You did. I'm going to be super douchey. <laughs> and these are the three credits that I'm going to talk about oh, this yes, week. Please. The season four premiere of House, which was a long time, and also my oh, first credit here in Los Angeles. I remember that? My name is Earl, opposite Danny Glover, mm. and Hawthorne, where I played Accounting Guy. Oh, what is Hawthorne? Which one was Hawthorne? It was the nurse show on TNT with Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh! It lasted like two or three two oh, or wow. three seasons, which apparently John needs a nurse right now.
1: No, no, no. Just recovering from that bronchitis bullshit that I went down with
0: over the weekend. I'm fine now. So now I'm a uh, All right, should we leave? No, right. we're, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we were
2: in a hermetically sealed room. It's like the, it's like the oh, movie purpose. Outbreak. Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo are about to come in here. Oh, yeah. patient
1: zero. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you should talk about patient zero Solomon Kane, um, which is a reference to the time at Comic Con where Shannon McClung got me sick because we went to a terrible screening of Solomon Kane attended by the star. What was his name?
0: Oh, James Purfoy.
1: James Purfoy was there. Shannon was sick, and I he didn't tell me he was sick, and I was eating out of the popcorn bucket with him, sharing it. I ended up getting sick, but we trace it all the way back to Brian Leonard. Remember, he was patient zero that year.
2: Our friend Brian Leonard, who uh, comes with us to many a geek event, is he usually does. patient zero at most events. I think
0: it went from Leonard oh, to our friend Jonathan Blue. Yes. To me, to you. Right. And were you the last link in the chain? I don't remember. Did we if take I anybody was. else down? I don't know. I was fine. Yeah, of course. Michael Vogel also has mutant metabolism. He has
1: the blood of bulls inside of him. <laughs> German Jewish bulls.
2: <laughs> It's a new film coming out by Pixar. It's a great, uh, touching movie about German Jewish bulls on a journey of a lifetime. G- Gustav Feinberg the German <laughs> Jewish bull God
1: uh, <laughs> I'm totally developing this I, I remember when we and when we left that screening because we left early because the film was terrible James Purefoy saw us leaving because well, they were doing a and a because they were doing Q&A they locked eyes he locked eyes on us <laughs> and we were like frozen in that moment of terror an embarrassment. He had a white sport coat on. He
2: did. And have you <laughs> I think heard? I do vaguely remember coming back to the room after multiple yeah. vodka sodas, and you guys were both <laughs> just laid up, and I was like, what's happening? There was a really enthusiastic fan of the
0: film, because they hadn't gotten a domestic distribution for it yet. Right. There was a really enthusiastic fan of the film, which was sitting next to John. Oh, God. And he kept leaning over, filling in John on certain details yeah. of the film.
1: Let me tell you something. I was a more patient man back then. I wouldn't have stood for it now. <laughs> like I went to a screening for yesterday, the other day, the new one that's coming out. I Which sh- based,
2: on your, based on your Facebook post was good. You liked it because you, you said you weren't excited about I
1: it. I don't think I'm allowed to say it was good enough because the embargo's not up yet, but I can say that I went and I was tapping my feet on the way home, smiling. So
0: that's what I okay. I, I'll take it. I, I don't remember which episode it yeah. was a few weeks ago. That was
2: one of my picks for the summer for the summer films. It was probably the episode where we picked our favorite things about the summer. Right.
0: Yes. Or movies we're looking? It might for... have
2: been that one. Thanks, Wiseass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Like I> said, <laughs> As German Jewish for... Bull. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. <laughs> As someone looking forward to it. Yes. Do you think I will like it? You will love it. There you go. Yeah. If you liked About Time, which we did. Oh, yes. You're going to love this one. Was, is it called About Time or In Time? About Time. About Time. In Time
1: is that uh, terrible Justin Timberlake one. I get those two confused. Right?
0: About Time's well, the, the good, one. Well, one's good and one isn't.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. About Time's the Domino Gleeson one.
0: Anyway, uh,
1: we we should actually have a podcast, a separate episode where we talk about our Comic-Con stories maybe as, as Comic-Con well, gets closer. It's a sad.
2: it's a sad, uh, it'll be a bittersweet episode, but you are not joining us for Comic-Con this year, are I'm you? I'm
1: not. For the first time in, what, 10 years? Yeah. yeah. I am not coming to Comic-Con. I have a wedding with... My girlfriend in Portland, so I'm leaving on Friday to go to that wedding, Um, and there was an invitation from you guys to possibly come down on Wednesday and Thursday, but it all depends on if Collider sends us. If Collider sends me for a day or two, then great. If not, I can't go. All right. Well, hey, Collider, let's get on that. Yeah.
2: Um, But yeah, (laughs) but I think maybe maybe leading up to Comic-Con, we'll do an episode where it's just us recounting some of our... uh, more exciting exploits. Yeah, and we'll bring Kalinowski on as a, yeah. as a guest for that episode. Yeah, this Perfect. will be
1: the
0: first year in a couple years that we haven't recorded yeah. on the way down. But we'll do that. We'll drive
1: around Beverly Hills for two hours and record an episode okay. talking about our
0: great <laughs> Love Love Con stories. Love <laughs> 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 to get the full experience, we're going to make uh, Mike drive.
1: You should have seen Mike's face. I'm a very good driver. Oh, oh you are, Rain
0: Man. You totally are a very good driver. Very very Um, calm (laughs) (laughs) There's no road rage But there is There's a blind confidence
2: (laughs) There is a blind confidence It's unsettlingly Blind confidence When he drives Have you ever (laughs) seen A German bull charge (laughs) Yeah true Fair
1: Fair 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 (laughs) Absolutely fair Uh, Yeah no I have never seen that But yes When you drive I know we're in good hands There you go (laughs) Exactly Shannon not so much Uh, Really We can barely see Above the
0: steering wheel (laughs) That Okay, now we're good. Now we're getting personal. It's not that. It wasn't that funny. Oh, now we're getting personal. <laughs> the German Jewish bull thing wasn't personal. I didn't say that. That was your joke. You were
1: giggling along. You were all right. The, all right. You were the gerbils. Let's get on uh, to the geek <laughs> news here. Let's get on to the geek news here before we take a bad yeah, turn. That's true. It's true. Let's. Uh, all right. So let's. Uh, we're gonna go. You know. You know how the show works. And if you're new to the show, we usually talk about one geek news item of the week each, uh, and then we have a main topic, and then we wrap up with a fun segment. So let's get in. To it, I wanted to start this week with this. Uh, yeah, there we go. With this uh, article that dropped. By the way, that was Vogel, not me. The article that dropped today on Deadline. Ron Howard uh, gave this uh, uh, interview, and he was talking about he was on the Happy Sad Confused podcast because he's pr- promoting this upcoming documentary on Pavarotti, which I'm excited about. I, I want to see this. Pavarotti is a really interesting cat. Um, he said when he was asked about Solo and the underperformance of the film, he said, quote, I wish it could have lived up to the box office expectations. That's disappointing. Why didn't it? Maybe that's the release date. Maybe it was too nostalgic. Maybe pushback from the previous movie. Some trolling, definitely. It was especially noticeable in several algorithms such as Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. There was an inordinate push down on the we want to see score on Rotten Tomatoes and on the fan voting, there was a series of zeros and ones on there. I didn't take it. Personally, But you can't say I didn't take it personally and then complain about trolling because it seems to be that you are taking it personally by calling it trolling. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because I think the movie is just meh, which is why it underperformed, didn't capture the audience's excitement. And you can't blame that on trolling.
2: Well, he's blaming a lot of things. I mean, if you look at the quote, I mean yeah. – He does say, you know, maybe it was too nostalgic. Maybe there was pushback from the previous movie, which I do think is true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that mentioning the trolling, I mean, it is a fact. Like, that is a thing that happened to a degree that Rotten Tomatoes did have to change their algorithm because people were doing that. Now, do I think that's why Solo didn't perform as well? I I don't know. I don't know if it is. But I, I, I do think he can bring it up and still not take it personally. But don't you think it's a cop-out, though, to say that, like, oh, the movie wasn't terrible, it was trolling. Except it was the release date. It was this or that. It I, was anything but me. Except that's not what he's saying. Like, kind if, of. If he as Ron Howard is sitting there and saying, hey, maybe the movie was too nostalgic, which is a common criticism of certain Ron of certain ways that Ron Howard directs. I mean, he's sure. like, maybe it was too nostalgic. Maybe it was the movie, uh, the pushback from the other Star Wars movies. Maybe it was this. Trolling was definitely a factor. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... If he came out and said, I think this movie's perfect, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes scores were low, and that's the only reason why people didn't go, okay, I would, I would, I would say yeah. you're probably right. But I do think he's kind of just casually taught throwing it in there. And I think that everyone kind of wonders what to do with the Rotten Tomatoes of the world. Like, I actually really question whether Rotten Tomatoes has that power over the consumer or not well that's the yeah
0: yeah, well, I was going to say also you can't deny that the it was well documented the production woes that went along with that. That's important. Yeah, and and this we live in an age now where the casual moviegoer does read about yeah. that. So when you hear that they that they get rid of the original directors with, where there were only three weeks left in principal photography, they're bringing in somebody new to kind of ru- to do a rush job on it, which they ended up shooting almost the entire film over. Yeah, and they're still trying to make this date, which is you know kind of hovering down on them and. They were dealing with the divisiveness of Last
2: Jedi. Like, yes, I mean, he was dealt kind of a bad hand, yeah. in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't, I think even, you know, I mean, I also get, I don't think that Last Jedi directly, like, I don't think people went, I don't like Last Jedi, therefore I'm not going to see Solo. I think there were just too many Star Wars movies coming out too quickly. Yeah. I think that, and I think that that's one of the reasons why they kind of have pushed everything back a little bit. But I think, as opposed to like Marvel movies where, Because you have different characters existing in this universe, that Doctor Strange franchise is different than an Iron Man franchise is different than a Guardians franchise, even though they kind of all tie together. Star Wars is like, that's one, at least thus far, it's kind of been one big story. And even Rogue One or Solo, as sort of a separate thing, are separate things that are tied to the bigger narrative of this world that we know. And I think that it was just too much. I think Star Wars movies is like a one a year, at most, and make it a giant event, and... Last Jedi came out, and literally a few months later, it's like, here's another Star Wars movie. I think people were just like, I'm not ready for it yet. So had they pushed
0: Solo's release to December and changed nothing about the film, do you think that changes the box office? I think, I mean, we'll never know, but I think yes.
1: I think only slightly. I think only slightly. I think a mad film is a mad film. But then again, look at Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is kind of a mad film for me. And that thing overcame all the trolling in the world and made money. A lot of money. So I don't necessarily blame or think the trolling affected Solo at the level to which people say you can overcome trolling if your film is good or if there's enough of the public that I think wants that's to true. go see it.
2: I think that, and that's kind of my point about yeah. like whether or not Rotten Tomatoes really has this hold on people. Like The way that I use Rotten Tomatoes is sort of as a guide. If I want to see a movie, I'm going to go see a movie. Right. But I do like checking out. And to, to be honest, I check the critics more than I check – the audience reaction, right, that's right, just right, me right. personally, but I don't think that if people want to see a movie, they're going to go to Rotten Tomatoes and be like, like for me, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes is those kind of like on the border, yes. will I go see this movie right. or not? And then if I go and it's like, ooh, 25%, I'm going to say no. Do we think there's $100 million worth of
1: people going, "Eh, I don't know if I want to see it. What does Rotten Tomatoes say? No, I'm not going to go. I don't think that's true.
0: But then you also add in the nostalgia factor for this film in particular that you have a younger actor who is not known to the general public who is filling in the shoes of Harrison Ford. Those are big shoes to fill.
1: Which is why I think in the end they should have just let Lord Miller do their film. In the end, this is what would have happened anyway, but at least you took a swing. It might have been successful as hell. It might have been great, and it might have been terrible, but either way, you at least made a decision. And this is the thing about this quote, and I know we have to move on, is he's blaming all these different possibilities, right? And I think that's what the the film lacked for me is a real bold vision. And Ron is not really known for making these bold, visionary films. He's making—he's known for making these really good, Oscar-attractive type films. But safe, but safe. Yes, and him blaming all these different things for the possibility of it—that's how he approaches things, right? It's a very safe approach. And Solo was safe; there was nothing bold. Whereas Rogue One—they killed everybody off at the end. That's a ballsy fucking decision. Whether you like how they got there
0: is—is—is is, is up to you to decide. I love Rogue One for that decision and I and I just didn't get that from Solo. And I think if Ron Howard had been the director from the beginning, we would have gotten a different film. Yeah, like, maybe our expectations are different too. Yeah, absolutely, but I'm thinking about that, what was the race car movie that he did with Chris Hemsworth? Oh yeah, Daniel Rush. Pool? Like that is a great movie. Fantastic like, film. I would say that's the most uncharacteristic um, Ron Howard film and like if you had let him been on the movie from the beginning had they not changed horses midstream I think we would have gotten a better film I don't know if it would have been more successful sure. but it would it would have been a better film
2: yeah, yeah I just think um, I mean kind of to your point I think this is where the Star Wars franchise kind of is I mean we'll see what JJ does with Rise of Skywalker but I think beyond that you know whatever like they're in a place where they're gonna have to not play it safe yeah To continue on. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do next. Um, Because, look, I think I like Solo the most out of the three of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe because there had been so much bad buzz around it. Like, I went to see it on a Saturday afternoon, and I had a blast. I think it's a super fun movie. I enjoy it. I think it's a fun ride. It's a fun adventure. I agree that it doesn't, like... I don't. I don't get excited about it the way I get excited about like Rogue One. Yeah. But I think I genuinely think it's a really sweet, fun, awesome Star Wars movie. Um. But I do agree with you that if they really want to take Star Wars into the next ten years, they're going to have to do something really different.
1: Yeah. We'll see. What do we got next, Mike?
2: Uh, well, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and me checking it for uh, scores, uh, Dark Phoenix. The the critic embargo lifted. Uh, Was it coming yes. out uh, this week? And uh, boy. It was rough. <laughs> hey, talk about dark. I mean, talk about dark. I mean, well, and to the point, To the point. I mean, again, I don't think that people who really want to go see X-Men are going to be discouraged by this. But I also think that the people that really want to go see an X-Men movie from Fox has been dwindling in the past few oh, yeah. years. And uh, with this being sort of the culmination of the Fox uh, the former Fox X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is current. It was currently at a twenty one percent. But the the big news about it is it is scoring lower on Rotten Tomatoes than any previous X Men movie. That is including uh, Age of Apocalypse, yeah. X Men Three, and Wolverine Origins, which is not only seen as the worst X Men movie, but as one of the worst superhero movies of all time. Yeah. Um. So the fact that it's coming out and it's one of the most popular stories. It's the dark Phoenix story. It's the story that everyone's wanted to see done right since X3 didn't do it right. Right. Uh, and apparently the movie based, uh, again on rotten tomatoes, which I literally just said five minutes ago, I don't base all my opinions off of, but man, this is one of those where you're like, 21%. Twenty one percent. Yeah, that is that is low, yeah. and worse than Age of Apocalypse that covered beautiful Oscar Isaac up in all that makeup. Which why would you do that to people? He is a beautiful man. We need to see him.
0: <laughs> well, everything about those trailers, like I, like as much as I did not enjoy Age of Apocalypse, that last shot at the end where it showed them in the danger room. Yeah. And they all have those sort of '90s animated series style costumes on. I'm like, man, you know, what? I didn't enjoy this, but I'm I'm gonna watch the next one because I want to see this. And then they switched to these costumes that are a little they harken back to like their original outfits but yeah. well, they look kind of cheap Yeah, they look a little they look a little chintzy yeah I also think the cast is
1: not, hasn't ever been that dynamic of the X-Men I will take the original cast over this cast any day of the X-Men and yeah Sophie uh, Turner is still like you know kind of grow- coming into her own as an actress certainly fantastic work in the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones where she's really gotten a chance to, si- to shine but I didn't I did not like her as Jean Grey in the last movie and I certainly I mean, I wasn't didn't excited like about the last movie Yeah that's fair yeah and I so that doesn't excite didn't excite me to walk in. so I think this is one of those movies although and just like you maybe I might be walking a comment back that I made a few minutes ago but like I think a lot of people look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this film and go yep I'm not gonna go I think that because this is one that you don't offense because this is the lame duck superhero film like there's no there's nothing after this that is connected to these actors or these characters as these or these actors, as these characters going forward, this is just Disney trying to make as much money as they can off of this thing and, I'm, and get it I'm out. I'm gonna see it.
2: Yeah, so, so am I because I gotta I I I have to. Uh but like for me it was a decision of like this isn't gonna be like on Friday night. I'm gonna waste my Friday night and go see this movie. This right. is gonna be like a Friday afternoon. This is a weekday. Go check night. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go on with my evening. Yeah. Like I because I, I have a feeling I'm gonna come out and just be like, ooh guys. This feels like And it is and you know, and I guess In the big scheme of things... Yeah. It's kind... This sounds horrible. It's kind of nice that it ends so badly. Yeah. Because it just is going to reaffirm everyone's excitement when Marvel reboots X-Men down the road. Like, if this had just... If they had come out guns blazing... And this cast have been amazing. And I mean, like, I'm saying this as if I already know. Maybe I'm going to go and completely think every critic is wrong and love it. I don't think, think so. Th- I think there's a 21% chance of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but I mean, if this, if this movie had come out and they had just nailed it and the, yeah. the the kids had all come together and you were like, I love this team and they told the Dark Phoenix story perfectly, everyone would come out and be like, damn it no, I don't really want Disney to like, like I would have loved to like, yeah. like, like if you, if you picture like if days of future past had been the last movie <sighs> that came out, you would have come out of days of future past after that ending and been like, I mean, that's kind of a good ending for the X-Men. Yeah, man, I kind of want to go back and see more, but now it's just like, <laughs> you're going to come out and be like, yep, well take it guys. <laughs> take, take it and do what you will take. Maybe, maybe you can take this dead franchise and have it rise from the ashes. Like a, <laughs> a Phoenix. Phoenix. uh,
1: I, I, I think it's also unfortunate timing for the film. Because obviously this film is not... I haven't seen it, and I can verify that this film is not worse worse uh, than Apocalypse or uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. There's no way. Um, it could be bad, but it can't be as bad as those films. This, I think, is just the timing because... You know, people are have been waiting to tear this thing to pieces because of the lame duck status, because of the fact that it's...
0: It was originally supposed to come out
1: last year, Yeah, it's, right? it's, it's had its release date pushed two or three times. So I think people were just waiting to jump on this thing and tear it apart, and they did. And people are vitriolic about it. Uh, fans are pushing back to people who've hated on some of the critics that have hated it, and are going on social media and bashing the critics that hate it, but... In the long run claiming that they're trying to destroy it, but in the long run this is I think it's just bad timing for the film coming out at this time. Maybe the score will jump up, but it's just bad timing. It is not worse than any of those other films.
0: But you know what, in terms of a viewing experience, I think since we are definitely going to see it because we are yeah. fans of the property and sure. whatnot.
2: I mean... And we have AMC Stubbs. Hell. <laughs> here's a little plug for AMC Stubbs. That's the greatest thing that ever happened. It really is. I have I have seen so many more movies lately. They should support the show. Go see an IMAX. Yeah, so yeah the, films. the
0: line when we went and saw... God, what did we see over the weekend? Godzilla. Yeah, we saw Godzilla. Right. The, the AMC Stubbs line to get into the theater versus the regular ticket holders line, it yeah. was like
2: one in ten. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was huge. Do but, you know what my favorite part about AMC Stubbs is? The VIP concession line. It I feel is. like such a baller. Yeah. Like when, there's like when there's like 15 people waiting in line to get their concessions and I go to my little AMC VIP area and I get to go next, I kind of like... Have you it. had the opposite?
0: The opposite is not fun. <laughs> Where the VIP line... I don't want to say the VIP line. The AMC Stubs line is like 20 people deep and the oh. regular concession line is like five.
2: Well, why would you Just stand in the 20 Why would you line? stand in, yeah. the, then get in the regular line? You Just get don't the part of your both stubs. Lines. No,
0: if you show them your stubs, they're not going to make you get in, the, get in the AMC Stubbs line. All right.
2: But did you stand in that long VIP line?
0: I paid for it, Michael.
2: <laughs> that was you're a damn fool.
0: <laughs> you're a damn fool. Sometimes they assign more cashiers to the stubs line than they do, they do the they regular
1: do. line. They do, um,
0: but you know, not always. But I mean, you know,
1: it's the end. We'll see what happens with New Mutants. Uh, there, there's possibilities that they keep New Mutants because we've never seen them on screen. So maybe they keep these actors because they're apparently supposed to sink more money into reshoots, which makes no fucking sense to me. If you're not going to, you know. Uh, do something with the film. Why waste the money? So I think them spending money on it and getting them all to come back uh, means that they're trying to explore the possibility of going forward with the new mutants under. Do you think that's not going to happen? No. I don't think that's going to happen. I
2: think that that as soon as these movies are sort of wrapped up in whatever way they're going to release them and recoup whatever money they can get, they're going to get rid of all of this and start from scratch they'll give it and if I were if I were them and I I kind of feel like I've said this before and I think that Marvel's biggest uh, strength over DC and over everyone else is literally patience yeah I think they don't mind waiting to get to the reward. They'll they'll go one or two movies without the story. They're really going to hit, and they've they're okay to build the things. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to. And we've said this before. I think they're going to hit Fantastic Four first. Mm-hmm. I sure. think they're going to hit some of these other new things first, and then like a couple years in, all of a sudden we're going to get mutants popping up yeah. after sort of the dust has settled on this whole franchise. Right. So if like if like if they continue to do the phases
0: like Phase Four, we might not even see. We definitely won't see X Men, but I mean, maybe not till the end of phase. We're all going
2: to be taking our kids to Avengers versus X Men one day.
0: (laughs) Oh, but what do you think about introducing the Fantastic Four at the the conclusion
2: of Phase Four?
1: At the conclusion of Phase Four? Yeah,
2: I think as much as I love the uh, numerical alliteration thing you just did there, I think they'll do it (laughs) sooner. Yeah.
1: I think X-Men will be introduced at the end of Phase
2: 4. Somebody, like, can you imagine the meeting where somebody was like, so guys, we're really excited about rebooting Fantastic Four. We think we're going to introduce them in the next three movies. And somebody's like, uh, how about we do it at the end of Phase 4? Uh, <laughs> Which is exactly uh, how I just pitched it. Uh, phase uh, 4, fellas.
0: Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. uh, movies that we might... Hopefully, eventually see. Um, It sounds like Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music, is going to happen. Today, it was announced they just cast two young uh, actresses to play the daughters of Bill and Ted. Uh, It is uh, Samara Weaving, who is an Australian actress. She is playing... Uh, uh, She's playing uh, Bill's daughter, and I think it's uh, Thea Preston. Mm -hmm. And then Brigitte Lundy-Payne, who's on the Netflix show uh, Atypical, which
2: she's very, very good. She is playing Billy Logan. Yeah. So Bill Bill named his daughter after Ted, and Ted named his daughter after Bill, and that's so cute. Adorable.
0: So, I mean, this is a movie that they have talked about doing since, I mean... Officially since like 2010, but yeah. I feel like they've been talking about it for even longer than that. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like comes and goes with the popularity of Keanu Reeves. Right. Good and point. like right yeah. now, Keanu Reeves is hot, hot, hot with John Wick. Possibly uh, there's talk about him maybe being in the, uh, the Eternals yeah. for Marvel as well. So now we might actually get to see
2: a Bill and Ted face the music. Are we excited about this? Do we care? A keanu Sans? Yes, go ahead. I'm excited about it. I mean I like those are like again like those are like my movies from my childhood like I loved Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and yeah. I liked Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey more than I probably should have because that's a crazy weird movie but uh which they've said William Sadler is supposed to come back He's coming back as, as death, death yeah. which is great yeah. for Bill and Ted Um music. yeah I'm ex- I mean I have no idea what the movie is you know I mean I, I've read I've read a little little bit about yeah, it like yeah. you know that uh It's, you know, they've got to get that big, great song that's going to, like, you know... It's not just going to save the world, it's going to save the universe. Yeah. Right.
1: And they haven't written it, they've gotten lazy, and now as 50-year-old men, they have to go back into the garage and figure out how to write that song before
2: it's too late. (laughs) I mean... It, it could go either way. I mean, this movie could be amazing. This movie could be an amazing shit show, but I'm here yeah. for it either way. Are we bringing the wives back, the actresses who played the wives? I mean,
0: I don't know if they're going to bring back those actresses. I would assume they're bringing back those characters. Right, I right, mean, right, even, right. If, even if Bill and Ted aren't married to them anymore, I don't yeah. think they're going to show the daughters without showing the daughters' moms. Yeah. That yeah. would be that would be my guess.
1: A lot of people wondering who's going to play Rufus, who's going to take the place of Rufus. I think they
0: said they're not going to recast him. Like, yeah, they're
1: going to be a new character, but who will it be? Uh, well, that's a good question. Can't be Tracy Morgan. Although he'd be an interesting choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, why can't it be Tracy Morgan? Can't-
1: He's in my head today because he got into a car accident yesterday or last night. Motherfucker, get out of cars. Like stop riding in cars. Like, take
2: a train or a plane. What just happened to your brain? I'm just saying. Like <laughs> he just went full Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Who's, who's Liz Lemon? Who's gonna who's gonna play Rufus? Well, it can't be Tracy Morgan. What are you talking about right now? Why not? Because he got into a car accident.
1: They can't get him to the set, man. Sean Roke suffering from word salad tonight. <laughs> he apparently he apparently bought a Bugatti. This is not an inexpensive car. Within half a mile of the dealership, he's sideswiped in a, a RAV four. So,
2: Tracy, stop driving cars. Stop being right. in cars. Well, don't, don't <laughs> let him drive the phone booth, friends. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how we'll bring that he, one around. He should wait. Exactly. Don't drive the phone. Don't booth. drive
1: the phone booth. <laughs> I think Eddie Izzard would be a nice choice. That'd be a funny choice. I don't know who you go with, though. I don't who's know. A, who's a statesman of comedy of age? It could be a lady. Could be a lady. Absolutely. Lily Tomlin is a possibility. Um, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi
2: would be interesting.
1: Joy Behar. Be- oh my God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all the women of the View. Yeah. All,
1: yeah except for Megan McCain. Pho- yeah. uh,
2: even, 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 even McCain. Really? The phone booth opens. Okay. They all come out. Yeah. They just sure. start arguing with Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, that's totally gonna make them write the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's being directed by is it Dean uh, is that yeah, you know, yeah. that his last Pariseau, name? yeah. The guy who did bring uh, Galaxy Quest to us, which yeah. everyone uh, very well loved movie, and, and, but he also brought Red Two to us. Oh, but, fair. But
2: Galaxy Quest is the right vibe yeah. for a Bill and Ted Three. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like it's the right mixture. I mean, with Gal- the reason that Galaxy Quest is so great is it's that perfect mixture of comedy and an actual fun sci fi adventure that yeah. has stakes and that you believe in. Um so if he bring, if we get that version of him, great. Yeah. Well and yeah. they do have a script by Ed Solomon, the original screenwriter yeah. as yeah. well.
1: So, we'll see it seems to be happening. I mean, I don't think Keanu would have done that video with Alex Winter at the Hollywood Bowl if it wasn't like really going to happen. So, and the people are incredibly excited. I mean, listen him. guys, Keanu needs the work. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Alex Winter certainly needs the work. Well, oh, too far. Oh, too far. Oh, maybe he can play Rufus. All right. So
2: anyway, <laughs> that's not going to be Tracy Morgan.
1: <laughs> not if you let him drive.
2: Uh, anyway, is there, uh, is, is there whiskey in that Coke Zero that you're drinking?
1: I wish there was some bullet bourbon in this thing. Um, so our main that's it, that's it for our geek news items uh, this week. We're going to jump into our main topic here. Uh, we were kicking around some ideas, but Michael got really obsessed with all the trailers that were coming out they're, and they're, suggested that we should talk about all these massive amounts of trailers. And even got a name for this. Michael, I,
2: please take it away. I think we're going to introduce a uh, a new a new segment that's going to come around occasionally when we just have so many trailers that mm-hmm. we don't know what to do. And it is the Geek Buddies Trailer Park. Hello. Hello. So yeah, I mean we were we were. At first, there was a couple trailers that we were going to put in the Geek News section. Yeah. But then there was more trailers, and then there was a couple more trailers. And at a certain point, we were like, well, there's just too much to talk about. Yeah. So let's just go through all of this. It's like a bowl
1: of keys,
2: right? And I just put all the
1: keys in there, and we'll pick one out and see which... It's see the like swingers party? That's how Tracy does it. Pick picks got, what, what car got, to drive home.
0: <laughs> that was the problem. He, he had keys to a Ford Escort when he got behind the wheel of the Bugatti. Of the Bugatti.
1: <laughs> What'd I do with Why's this, man?
0: not working? <laughs> Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Anyway, we had trailers for uh, the new Pixar film Onward came out. The new Terminator Dark Fate trailer came out. Uh, The Netflix trailer for Dark Crystal, this uh, prequel to Dark Crystal came out. Uh, A new trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, Ramble Last Blood trailer came out. Uh, The Jurassic World animated uh, series that's going to be on Netflix. There was a teaser trailer for that. Ad Astra, the new space movie with Brad Pitt uh, where Tommy Lee Jones is his daddy. Uh, for all mankind, the new Apple show that's coming out—that's an alternate reality uh, in the space race—and Ford versus Ferrari, which pits uh, Matthew McConaughey and Matt Damon trying to come up with this car for Ford that will beat. Christian Bale. A, I'm sorry, Christian Bale and uh, uh, Matt Damon with a uh, car to beat uh, a Ferrari. So. Yeah. A lot of great
2: interesting trailers dropped. Yeah, so uh, let's uh let's yeah. start with Onward because okay. that one got me really really excited. Yeah. Uh obviously any Pixar movie is going to get me excited, but this was a great cars trailer. Cars 4 would get you excited? I don't hate Cars and Cars 3. <laughs> What about oh, Cars 2? What, what about Cars 2 there, bud? I pretend that that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, really? You mean Cars who? You, <laughs> you can, if you actually, and I've told many people this, like I, I actually really like Cars 1. I, I think it's a great movie. Um, if you watch Cars 1 and you watch Cars 3 yeah. and you just don't watch Cars 2 or even pretend that it exists... Cars three is a nice follow up. Like those two movies are nice mirror. Movies. Like the, Like and I don't. I don't think the Cars three is Pixar's best movie by any stretch. It's definitely no. closer to the bottom. But it's nice and it's sweet. And when you just watch those two together, it's lovely.
0: Okay. That's and it's very uncommon to like have a successful first film, have kind of a crappy second one, and then have the third one bounce back. That yeah. typically does not happen in terms of quality. That's true. I mean, that's certainly. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. Because Shrek and Shrek two were both great. Shrek the
2: third. Eh, Not so good. I like Shrek the Third. I like all the Shrek movies. Shrek the Third is not good, but Shrek Four is great. Wait, is Shrek
1: the Third one with Dustin Timberlake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that
2: one. Okay, Mm -hmm. with with the Eric Idle as Merlin. I think it's like you and twenty one percent of oh, I doubt it. Don't make me look it up. I bet it's in the (laughs) eighties.
1: I I like the fourth. The fourth was dark. Shrek the fourth was darker that Rumble Steelskin shit. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, But speaking of dark fairy tale stuff, that is uh, well dark, not so much. But onward is sort of. modern day fairy tale literally it's yeah. the whole idea is that in the world of magical creatures that lived long ago they all grew and evolved and developed and now they live in suburban modern day And uh, the description, the plot description says that two brothers go on a journey to see if there's still magic left in the world. And the brothers are Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Mom is Julia Louise Dreyfus. Those are the big names in it. But I thought this trailer was hilarious. It was that it had all those great fun pictures. Like it starts off and it's just sort of this idyllic fairy tale universe. It's this fairy tale world. You don't really know what's happening. Then you crash into modern day and you see... You know, just the typical suburban life. You see a mermaid laying in her, like, inflatable pool checking her phone. Right. Uh, And my absolute favorite part of the trailer was uh, the rabid, rancid unicorns attacking (laughs) the garbage that Tom Holland was bringing out. Um, So many people love that. The unicorns got their just due. Their desserts. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, lot, lot, lot of chatter on the My Little Pony fan sites about, a, well, because they were technically alicorns in My Little Pony uh, oh. parlance, because they had wings and horns. A unicorn has horns, a pegasus have wings. If you have both, you're an alicorn. Why oh. an alicorn? Why not a pegacorn? Pegacorn sounds weird, dude. What does an alicorn stand for? What does ala stand for? Ala stands for, I don't know, <laughs> but I will tell you that that's what they're called. But I know it's more pleasing to the ear than pegacorn. That's fair. Yeah, that's pegacorn fair. sounds like some kind of like weird Halloween candy that... Yeah. It's not good. Or a bad poop.
1: I think a pegacorn. <laughs> okay. I just had a pegacorn. Okay. The alicorn is it, but ala is the Spanish word for uh, wings. So maybe that's that.
2: Yeah, that's a- what it is. Oh. Alas. Alas. That's exact I was testing you. Yeah. <laughs> And you got it right, so Where are congratulations. Were you? Um, but yeah, I mean, so I'm super excited about this. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt together in the movie as brothers. seems amazing. Yeah. Are they supposed um, to be elves? Is that what yes, they are? Yes, they're yeah. elves. Because
0: they kind of, like, I saw the stills before I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. It was like They, they both kind of look like uh, relatives, distant relatives of uh, Eddie Munster. Yeah, I could see that. Eddie Munster, Eddie Munster. They both have. I think it's the black hair and the pointy ears. You just
1: and lost like, half the audience with that reference.
0: Well, no, you just said you can see that, so I didn't lose. Ha- well, you didn't lose me. You, <laughs> lost um, him. you lost him. I lost a third of the room just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what did you guys think of it? I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I was boring.
1: And really? I, I, and I, for a Pixar trailer, I was like, "What's this all about? I don't understand." I get that we're introduced to this world, but I wanted to see something more, something magical, something interesting. And I didn't see that. So, so the, it's not, merma- it's not...
2: the mermaids and unicorns and ogres and elves weren't magical? I've seen you? that
1: before, though, haven't I? a number of other properties. So it wasn't, like, what is the point of this? Because it starts with the, you know, the back in the time, there was a doo-doo, and then a, a plane goes by, and you're like, oh, so things have changed, and they're all living in the world. But is this, like, uh, someone compared it to, is this alienation? Uh, is it, like, different species living together? What does this mean? Blah, blah, blah. And so uh, I'm like, okay, well, what's the point of this? I didn't see the story because they just drive off in the truck.
2: Well, it's a You teaser. don't get the story. It's a teaser trailer. Sure. So, but you I can still mean, tell I'm, me I'm a story a- in a teaser. <sighs> okay. okay.
0: I thought Pixar's world building is pretty solid for the most part. Yeah, yeah, Even though like, there wasn't anything in the trailer that got me over, the teaser, excuse me, that got me overly jazzed. I'm like, seeing uh, or hearing Chris Pratt and Tom Holland be brothers, I'm like, yeah, this it's a Pixar film. Yeah. I will absolutely go and see it. There's only been Oh yeah! One time in the theater, I've gone to a Pixar film and been like, ooh, okay. Swing and a miss. Yeah, I want to be clear. I didn't hate the trailer.
1: I just wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to go see this. Not mm. yet. Hmm. Maybe when the full trailer comes out and has the story, I'll be excited. <sighs> Let's move on. Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, Thoughts? I didn't like, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it.
2: It wasn't a magical world to me. Oh, I didn't know you made Onward. Yeah. Jesus, no, this wasn't a. I needed more magic in Terminator. Do you see how I don't take it personally? Like it's okay. You can huh, hate Terminator. Cool. I'll take my Bugatti and get out of here. <laughs> just watch out for, <laughs> <Just> watch <laughs> out for that, Just watch out for that. I'm actually just kidding. I actually really like this trailer. You did? I did. Okay. Uh,
1: I we saw it again when we see when we see Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think that um, look, I'm not saying I didn't even go see the last Terminator movie. Like right. I, I, I was. Oh o- no, I'm neither have I. I mean, talk about like uh, uh, a time travel timeline that has just lost the thread of everything. Like yeah. n- I, I can't even deal with it anymore, but, um, James Cameron coming back to produce. Yeah. And, uh, being directed by Tim, Tim Miller, Miller mm-hmm. who Deadpool. did such a great job with the first Deadpool movie. Yeah. Like those two together, plus the Linda Hamilton coming back. Plus like, they're basically saying, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that like, they're just, we're just ignoring everything yep. except for Terminator one and two. Yep. yep. Like to me, I'm like, great. that's what kind of pulled me in like those two people being attached to it and kind of going okay and like just seeing sort of newness I mean like the other Terminator movies I felt always tried to like one up Terminator 2 and do something different and do something different but like I just love seeing this female Terminator but Arnold is also there and Linda Hamilton showing up it feels like this feels like more of a handoff to a potential new generation and new franchise of Terminator than these other movies that just kept trying to sort of rehash the same thing over and over to me yeah
0: See, it fe- It feels like another rehash to me. I mean, mm-hmm. as one who, like, I for those of you that don't know, I played John Connor in the Terminator 2 3D show for Universal Studios theme parks across the world. Um, for how many years? Uh, 96. 20 years. 2013. Oh, so what is that?
2: God. 16,
0: 17. Wow. So basically...
2: Like You played John Connor for longer than John Connor was actually alive. That's actually true. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. Watching, like, uh, the filmmaking, I don't think there's any, like, yeah, this all looks good, but in terms of any sort of emotional connection or emotional investment, I'm like, I don't know enough about this, because Mm. it's a teaser, to get that jazzed by it. I mean, I think... Apparently, I'm the only guy who likes teasers in this room. This is bullshit. (laughs) That is a full trailer. It was two minutes.
1: Fuck this
0: idea that a two-minute trailer... is a teaser by length or by content? Length. Okay, then by the trailer, I was not jazzed by it. I will wait for trailer two when I get a little bit more uh, of an idea of
1: what the story is. Anything past a minute 30 is a trailer. I don't care what they try to sell you or lie to you or tell you about. Anything to me past a minute 30 is a trailer. Fake news. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point of doing something short is to tease you, right? Like, I'm going to give you a little bite of this. That's it. I'm not going to give you two minutes of a bite. And then give you the same thing
2: again. I do think this was probably a little bit more more than a tease. There's a story.
0: Sure. There's uh, a story in what this. What is the story? The there's, story another, there's another Terminator,
2: right? But also that uh,
1: um, what she says, Cameron McIntosh is, or is that her name,
0: Cameron uh, Mackenzie? Oh, Mackenzie Davis. Sorry, yeah. Mackenzie. She played. It? No, she played Cameron on *Halt and Catch That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> Mackenzie Davis does. She's like we have to protect. Why do you have to protect? Because Linda Hamilton says she's like me. So we're and you like you well, said, so that's a new cru- generation. So, so yeah, you
2: have this other female terminator right. who thinks of herself as human, yeah. who is protecting a new person instead of Linda Hamilton. So we're past the Linda Hamilton John Connor right. thing and we have these like sort of T1000 looking things that are still attacking and Linda Hamilton ta- like there's just it, I will, I don't disagree with you. I mean like there's there's a lot of the similar things that you would see in a Terminator movie. I guess for me, it's sort of like they took all the ingredients and they baked something up that looked that tasted a little bit different to me. Like it was different yeah. enough that it intrigued me. And given the people involved, I was more excited than I was expecting. Like I was like, oh, okay, Terminator trail. Let's see what it is. And I watched it and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to like say that the Terminator is back. I'm not ready to say that they fixed everything yet, but I'm at least a, a, a part of me is hopeful that we might get something even close to, the excitement I felt when I went yeah. to go see Terminator Two in movie theaters. I would agree
1: with that. I enjoyed it. I, I liked seeing that we have two Latino characters as the main leads, and this one being the mean, t- uh, the evil Terminator, the other being the girl that they're trying to protect, the woman that's trying Gabriel to protect. Gabriel Luna. Yeah, Gabriel Luna. Yeah. And so I'm excited about The handsome, a handsome killer. He is a good looking killer. The CGI bothers me because like the fact that i can see the thing coming across your face and your face rebuilding over the skull sc- sc- the uh, whatever it is the steel it does it looks like okay it's a, it's a, it's an effect whereas i still love the 92 terminator because like even though you can see him like kind of becoming those different forms the T-1000 takes it doesn't feel like it's inauthentic mm-hmm. and I feel like some of the CGI I saw in the trailer felt a little inauthentic yeah I that think being, that's true yeah. I think that's true but that being said I'm excited for it I like Tim you're right. there
2: there's a couple shots when his face was reforming yes. that I was like yeah uh, you don't
0: need not... to do that yeah yeah well and also when like the metal skin went off the exoskeleton and formed the guy right formed, uh, Gabriel Luna it almost it looked like a CG yeah. CG Gabriel yeah. Luna it was just like well,
1: why would it not if Star Wars isn't doing it, you shouldn't be doing it either. <laughs> Use practical effects. and But in the end, though, I, I'm I'm kind of hopeful for it, but I want to know where the fuck is John Connor. Yeah. Right? Because, like, Linda Hamilton is 60 years old, son, which means John is in his 40s or late 30s. Is she 60 or is she older than that? Oh, maybe even older than that still. That means that John Connor at that, when we saw John Connor in Terminator, he is in his 30s. Yeah. So he should be at that age where the machines have taken over the world. They're gonna to try to mess with the time saying, Well, because they went and saved John and saved Sarah, then well, it messes when the no, machine no, But,
2: see, but, but see, John should still be alive. But again, if you are following Terminator two Yeah before you get into all the bullshit of all the other movies well unless yeah. you're de-aging linda you're not fully following terminator. no you are because the end of terminator 2 and you're this is the shot of them driving down the road the whole concept of terminator 2 is that because of the events of terminator 1 sarah connor is convinced that you cannot change history right that they are on this path and there's nothing you can do about it and all she can do is arm john for the future because this shit is going down right and then everything happens with miles dyson and Cyberdyne systems and everything and they get to the end of it and i think i don't remember what the speech she says at the end is mm-hmm. but the ending speech is more or less like you can change your fate like the future right. is our like the, so no fate but what no, we make. no fate but what we make right, so right. i do think that again and this is me being super hopeful but like yeah. if you get to a thing where john connor did grow up and cyberdyne didn't take over yeah. and things happen differently and that's why we now have a different term like like if they if they take that concept of like well let's just go from the end of terminator 2 yeah and extrapolate that we don't have to do this thing that we've rehashed 95 times, that actually gets me really excited.
1: But do you want to see John Connor as a dad with a wife and kids uh, in a middle America house somewhere, but Linda's still fighting the fight? Or well, Sarah Connor's well, still again, fighting the know, fight? That maybe, seems
0: weird. Well, I wonder that shot of Arnold, where he's got the beard and he's yeah. opening the door. It looks like they're in a, in a
2: cabin mm, in the woods. My name is John Connor. Hello. <laughs> I am your son.
0: <laughs> he's he's out in the woods guarding John.
2: Right, maybe. And
0: Linda's still out there because if she goes, if she gets killed, it's it doesn't yeah. matter. You think John's Tracy born.
2: Morgan's going to play John Connor?
0: God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Guys.
1: These machines, man. <laughs>
0: uh, I would like to point out that none of us can do a Tracy no, Morgan no, impression. No, Alec Baldwin
1: not, does the best
2: Tracy Morgan there. impression. Not going down that road. <laughs> Greatest episode um, of 30 Rock What's ever. next? What's next right, in the trailer, park?
1: Let's move on to the Dark Crystal trailer. I'll let you two handle it. I never liked the Dark Crystal, so you guys can talk. You
2: never about liked the Dark Crystal? didn't
1: work for me at all. Never did. Skeksis, all those things just never worked
0: for me.
2: What, was, what Did you like oh. any of the fantasy movies? Of like and by the-, the way, it was not a big hit. No,
1: no, no. Yeah. But... $23 million, that's it. Well,
0: see, and that's what I was well, going to say. In that,
1: back in those
2: days, that wasn't what it was today. Oh, it still was not t- a hit.
1: Tell me all about it there, old timer. I know, I oh was there, God. and hits were making over $100 because Jaws made over
2: $100 million. I, I agree with in you. In 76. I agree with you or. that it wasn't a hit. It kind of became a cult classic after the fact. Um, did you like any of the, did you like Never Ending Story? No, I didn't uh, like Never Ending Story Legend. Either. I liked Legend. Uh, Labyrinth. Did not like
1: Labyrinth. Yeah, me neither. And you hate Goonies. I don't like Goonies. Oh, God. I hate Rudy. I don't like Goonies. Oh, sir. We will have to dedicate an
2: yeah. to John 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 and us John and the rest of us have had some uh, yeah some pretty significant arguments about goonies particularly My so. girlfriend
1: believes that I have a hatred for Sean Aston that I'm not fully ready to recognize or accept but I can't believe that's true because when I met him in person warmest most incredible individual I've ever met What this... were your
0: feelings on Encino man
1: uh, It's all right <laughs> Encino man's all right. <laughs> And I don't hate the Lord of the Rings movies. I want that very clear. I just don't think they're great like some people do. There's a lot of boring
2: moments Boy, in The Lord I'm oh, hearing man. some backpedaling right.
0: right now. I, say I, hate, I don't say
2: I hate them. I All say right. they're boring. So you did not it. like the Dark Crystal. Shannon, How? No. what was your feelings on the Dark Crystal? You know, I, as far as the trailer, the trailer looks interesting. Um, no, I mean, I mean the original Dark Crystal. I barely remember it. I yeah, remember it
0: Skeksis. I remember, what is what is the land called? Thra? T-H-R-A? Yeah. T-H-R-A? Um, I just remember the Skeksis and how they kind of moved <laughs> and how when we saw Godzilla, I was like, oh, Rodan looks like a giant... Skeksy. Yeah, that um, was true. He did. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. I wonder, is there an audience for this?
1: <laughs> That's my question. And this is what I worry about. Because look at Blade Runner 2049. Is there, and, and a couple other things, just because something is a cult classic. Doesn't mean you necessarily need to make another thing that's connected to this cult classic. Because the reason it's a cult classic is because a lot of people didn't go and enjoy it when it originally came out. It doesn't mean there's a now a massive public uh, audience for
2: it. Well, so here's what I think. I think I think a couple of things. One, I out of the three of us loved the Dark Crystal. Mm. Uh, I think I loved everything Muppet Henson. Mm. I mean, like I that I was like sense. a super like like there was a point that when I was a kid that I was like. If you ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I wanted to go work at the Jim Henson Creature Shop. Like, I thought that was the coolest job you could possibly have. Like, I think I made my dad take me to see Labyrinth seven times in the movie theater. And as a family, we watched Dark Crystal all the time. Like, it was on all the time. So I absolutely loved it. I thought it was super, super cool. I do agree with you that I don't know where the audience is. But also, Henson, the Henson Company has been trying to make this or a version of this for years. I, uh, when I was at Hasbro, we went and had meetings with Henson about a couple different properties. They always brought up Dark Crystal, like, especially once they sold the Muppets to Disney. Wow. Um, their, their library of properties that they have is not a huge library of properties. And, and Dark Crystal is one of the things that they have that, right. uh, has a lot of just geek cachet to it, you and know. Is like, that an
0: original problem? It's not based off of anything. No, it's, it's totally, totally original. original.
2: Yeah. And like Jim Henson went out in the woods, took some mushrooms, came back, and said, "Skeksis, guys." I mean, that's really how I think this one. Like, especially like as a kid, I was just like sort of entranced by this. As I've gotten yeah. older, it is a slow movie, especially for like what works, what we uh, are used to today. But also, as I got older, I watched it and I was like. Some people do some drugs. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of the eighties is fueled by drugs. What I uh what I'm really excited about though is that and I did not know this, like I thought it was just a prequel movie that was coming on Netflix, but it's not. It's, it's a series. It's a series. It's 10, ten one hour episodes. ten one hour episodes. Did so, you need a
1: ten hour movie about a prequel for the Dark
2: Crystal? Um well, I think it's really interesting. Also, like a pretty kind of impressive, kind of cool, like a huge cast of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Taron Egerton, uh, Miss Sandy, N- 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 Natalie uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Um, you know, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who was in Split and Glass, uh, Mark Strong, Simon Pegg, Keegan Michael Key, Mark Hamill, Jason Isaacs. Uh, Everyone, Eddie but, Samberg, J- everyone Eddie, but John Roker Eddie Izzard Harvey Firestein. Like there's just It's a huge cast of characters uh, And you know Super nerding out about the world of the Dark Crystal Like we get to this thing Like we learn that this crystal broke And that's sort of what made the Skeksis and the Mystics and then the Skeksis rose to power and the mystics went and hid in the mountains and whatever. And by the time we get to the story in Dark Crystal, we sort of get all of this as secondhand information. And so this is supposed to be the story ah. of us seeing how, when, because I forget what the, you know, at the end, spoiler alert if you didn't see this movie that came out a bajillion years ago, but the whole idea is that when the crystal gets reformed at the end of Dark Crystal, the Skeksis and the mystics are all like sort of the two parts of the same sort of people and they become like these sort of. Uh, other characters that I can't remember what their names are.
0: Now the little guys are the Gelflings. Those right? are
2: the Gelflings. Okay. So the Mystics look like giant, like dinosaur people. Okay. With a uh, long stringy hair. The Skeksis are like the weird evil the people. And then in this people. world of Thra, there's the Gelflings. There's the Podlings. There's like lots of different. Who are the ones of- with the big kind of primate arms? Those yeah. are like uh-
0: who
1: are the ones that come out and go. Oh.
2: That's the Mystics. Oh, okay. That's the Mystics. But so like. By the time we get to the Dark Crystal, this is sort of the end of this era. So this is sort of the beginning of seeing once this split happened and the mystics were wherever they were in the Skeksis, how did the Skeksis sort of take over the land and become like this ruling class? So Mm. I think it's like really interesting. I get really excited about it. Um, You know, in general, and this is a problem that the Henson Company and that the Muppets have had, is that kids today are not into puppets the way that uh, kids were when we were growing up. Right. Like kids don't respond to that. They're they're watching CG animation, they're watching all these other things and they're not into it. So again, I'm not sure who this is being made for and I'm not sure how it's gonna do, but I am hella excited about it.
1: Fair enough. All right, uh, let's move on to scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh Oof. Oof,
0: man.
2: Like, is this, a, is this a movie for kids or is it not? I well, get so confused. It can't
0: I, be a movie for at kids. At the end of the trailer, it said it's still, they, they haven't released the rating yet. And I'm like, th- is this for children? Because this is really disturbing. Oh, yeah, there's no way this is But for what kids. is great about it, though, is, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, like...
1: This even though, the, Sorry, this is the new trailer that dropped. There was a trailer that dropped, I think, a few weeks ago. This is the newest
2: one we're talking about. But so, like... I don't know if you guys remember being kids and reading those scary stories to tell in the darks but like oh, as yeah. adults we're like oh those are those kid books but when I was a kid those stories we would read them at like slumber parties and stuff oh, and yeah. get we would scare the
1: shit out of each other yeah the campfire around the campfire in the boy scout stuff and also uh, when I when we go on our church when I was part of the youth Whatever it is The Catholic youth thing You would go out To do those field trips uh, And go out for a weekend Or whatever During the summer Those are the stories You yeah. told around the campfire The missing toe thing Man Who's got my toe You've got
2: it Yeah that's been That know, was told. I was in summer camp In Florida They took us down To the dock by the lake and they told us the hook man story. Oh, yeah. The, the hook story man. about like where, you know, the girl goes out on the yeah. date. And the guy goes around to get the girl and there's just a the hook. Scratching. Yeah. The scratching. Yeah. And then there's just a hook hanging on. And as soon as they finished the story, there had been a goddamn counselor hiding under the dock. Yep. The entire time. And he jumped up onto the dock out of the water screaming. And he had a hook hand. And we all screamed And ran up the fucking hill And hid in our cabins Like it, I was I've never been more scared In my entire life You can't do that now You can't do it now You'll get sued yeah. like crazy By I these sensitive parents
0: videos Where the guy dresses up With the Jason mask And he actually has Like a scuba tank And he oh. pops up Out of a lake <laughs> To <get> people <laughs> It is the most Messed up thing And you can oh tell When God, the people genius. Don't sign the consent form Because their faces are blurred One
2: guy drops oh. his iPhone
1: And he's Oh so of course angry. No surprise man
2: But uh, but yeah So like, like what I dug About this trailer Is that it like when i heard they were making a scary stories to tell in the dark movie i yeah. thought it was going to be sort of like that goosebumps movie that came yeah, out yeah, yeah. and then i saw the trailer and i was like this is very upsetting yeah incredibly upsetting
0: yeah it might not have the adult language or the nudity that comes from like that type of that type of story that was told in the 80s right, like, right, you know, right. The Friday the 13th so whatnot but in terms of just the pure unadulterated fear mm-hmm. like this looks frightening
2: well, these are, the protagonists are all teenagers yeah and this is something that I think is really interesting that I've been noticing as we've been talking about a lot of these trailers and a lot of these reboots that are coming out is that mm. because of the streaming services and because of just like a lot of what's going on in pop culture right now, um, we're like when, when in the 80s you would have all of these movies that were fantasy movies that were sort of kids movies but were sort of not and they were yeah. dark and they were scary and then we sort of split off into we had movies for grown-ups and then we had movies for little kids right. so a kids mm. movie was always like super super safe and i don't know if it's because of like the success of stranger things and some of these other things but we're getting back to this like sort of gray area where there's these movies that are made for people that love the fantastical and love the fantasy Dark Crystal Mm -hmm. falls into this too I mean there's this category of people that love this type of thing that this isn't necessarily made for kids kids can access it but adults who are basically kids like me can access it too and I think it's just there's a lot of really interesting stuff coming out right now yeah we'll see next up Rambo Last Blood yeah yeah I was completely meh on this trailer.
1: Yeah. It looks like it's made for a shoestring budget.
0: And it doesn't really feel like Rambo.
2: No, no it doesn't. It, no, it feels like Logan. It, yeah, it feels like old
1: man Rambo. And although I'm going to enjoy him taking revenge on the cartel or whatever, and it's because his daughter, his friend's daughter was taken by the cartel. So he goes down into Mexico to challenge the cartel. Then they chase him back up here to his place. It's weird we hear him talking about his secrets and talking about this other stuff. Like, no, the thing about Rambo was that he was uh, an avenging angel for these situations he found himself in from the second movie on, not the first movie in the first movie. It's a commentary about Vietnam and how we treated our veterans coming back from Vietnam and how even people like the police were biased towards these veterans. And the, 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 the fact that they became homeless or were addicted to drugs or weren't, were, were uh, victims of agent orange. There was not an understanding. Yeah. The, Subsequent films have turned Rambo into, you know, like this badass avenging guy. He it's kind of like revenge porn. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and and there's nothing wrong. There's a place for it. I just don't know if I just really like. I wanted them to end Rambo in a way that was reverential to the character. Yeah, this, and I feel
2: like this doesn't. Feel I like- felt like this was if you had had this exact trailer. Yeah, and it had been called the old man in the cabin. Sure. And it was Sylvester Stallone playing this old guy who was a tired whatever. Yeah. he. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is the old man. He's not the cabin. He's the old man living in the cabin. But like if you had just had that and that yeah. had been this trailer it would have been like, okay. Yeah. And I probably would have gone and seen it because I like Sylvester Stallone but this didn't feel, you know, like I, I think there's an obvious comparison to like Creed. Yeah. Like Creed came out and kind of took the Rocky story yeah. and leveled it up in a way and made it a handoff. And it was, even though it was sort of handing it off to Michael B. Jordan, it was a beautiful story Mm -hmm. for Rocky as well. And this feels like, eh.
1: yeah, this feels like a vehicle for Stallone instead of the continuation of this great story, this great character.
2: I also wonder, and it's kind of to your point, I don't know what you do with Rambo though. Like Rambo to me, and I wasn't like the biggest Rambo guy growing up, but like Rambo to me is such a relic of the eighties action. Sure. Like, Like the the whole idea of this like larger than life, super muscled out guy with the guns, just taking names and kicking ass like that was so the eighties, yeah. And it's so not the world we live in anymore. So I'm I would even be curious to what a cool movie that was a reverential handoff for Rambo would be today. I don't even know what that would be. (sighs) I wonder if like more you could
0: put him in sort of like a Walking Tall scenario where he 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 goes into like he lives what the first one was yeah he lives in a small town he he wants to he just wants to be by himself and for whatever reason like the, the you know the machinations of small town government like he has to come in and suddenly be that avenging angel again
1: yeah and i think that's my problem with the film because in the first one it's about like i said it's vietnam the second one is about how the government lied about pow's in vietnam The third one is about the Russian in Afghanistan and you know, the, what the Russians did, the Soviet union did in there. The fourth one is about the Burmese massacres that were going on in Burma, what they were doing to people, to foreign people who were coming in, uh, who were trying to protect these people from being destroyed by this corrupt
2: regime. So it is a constant battle against the government. It's a real shame. This
1: one doesn't feel like
2: it's a real shame that we don't have a lot of division in our country right (laughs) now about politics, because maybe that would be a good way to pull some story. Well, Well, And I think that's the detriment here because who,
1: where did he go? He went to the White House with Trump for the Jack Johnson thing. And to me, he's a hardcore Republican. And I think Stallone is a hardcore Republican. Yeah. And so the thing is, that's the problem here. You could have done Rambo against the government. Absolutely. The problem is you'd have to go against Sylvester Stallone's liking the government. And that's a mistake that he's making with this character because his character is about destroying or exposing the lies that are in inherent in the pillars or construction of the government. And the fact that he's not doing that with Rambo and it just feels Mm -hmm. like he's Going against the cartels or killing Mexicans. I, I just think it's such a betrayal of the character. It was a cool trailer, but it looks like a vehicle rather than a continuation, yeah. like I said. All right. Uh, Jurassic World animated on Netflix. The teaser dropped. I don't know what you can take from an, a minute and 10 second trailer, but it looked interesting.
2: Oh, so that's a teaser you like. That is
1: a minute
0: 10. That's a teaser. Well, the majority of that teaser was dialogue or it was just yeah. words. Well, there was the a no, There was. I
2: mean, there was a good bit. Of, I mean, I think what that is a lot of times what happens with animation, because what you do a lot of times, particularly when you have a property like Jurassic Park, is you do an animation test. And I to me, this very much looked like they got the animation test in, they liked it, and they were like, let's add some dialogue and we'll just make this the teaser. Um, it it, it, uh, it looks interesting to me. Um, okay. I am, I'm kind of cautious about it for two reasons. One, the raptor looked really nice. The environment that, that the raptor was in looked really nice. The raptor looked kind of like mostly, maybe like a slightly less detailed... Version of what we see in the movies. Yeah, I really worry or wonder what the kids are going to look like yeah. next to that. Like having that raptor that we've seen that we are so used to seeing next to a live action actor next to a stylized animated kid. I really wonder how that's going to be. I also... Any time that I hear of any, uh, and this happens a lot, any animated series that's uh, based off of a big franchise, mm-hmm. but it's like a group of kids that are dealing with a thing. It just it doesn't really sound like uh, a concept that I'm like, ooh, that sounds really interesting and cool. Well, and
0: in terms of the larger story, when you are building up on the bad idea that is Jurassic Park and yeah. the Jurassic World, to go on top of that, like, oh, we're also going to have a group of kids camping out on the island like that just
2: seems in terms of the storytelling like this is such an incredibly bad idea Now, look all that being said uh i did think the raptor looked really cool uh netflix is just investing so much money in animation right now i mean another big piece of news this week uh that wasn't a tease was there was no trailer attached to it but they're also doing magic the gathering with hasbro and uh bardell entertainment up in vancouver uh and, and that I'm way more excited about Magic the Gathering, especially with uh, uh, Henry Gilroy. Well, you know some of the people working on that. Uh, Henry Gilroy, who's uh, one of the writers, a good friend of mine. The Russo brothers are producing it. Nice. Um, It's just a really good, talented group of people behind it. Um, and the world of Magic the Gathering is a really deep world with a really deep mythology that hasn't been explored. And Bardell Animation, who's doing it, uh, also does the animation for Dragon Prince on Netflix. Oh, uh, nice. And Dragon Prince, uh, you know, a little bit choppy at the beginning in the first season. They really smoothed it out a lot in the second season, this whole sort of tune shaded CG style they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's so gorgeous. So Magic the Gathering, with no teaser trailer or anything, just the announcement that they were doing it with the people and the creative team involved has me very excited. Yeah. Jurassic, I'm like, eh, okay, we'll see. Yeah. I
0: mean, it makes sense
2: that Universal would want to jump on that bagwa- bandwagon,
0: that like we have this enormous property yeah, yeah. that we don't have to come up with anything great. All we just have to say is, Jurassic World animated, people are good. You're going to get eyeballs.
2: I think the other problem I have with it, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they place this this animated series, is like Jurassic Park doesn't really lend itself to extending the franchise because every single movie is a disaster. Not, not financially. I'm not yeah, talking about right, box office. Right. I'm saying, the end of every movie is we made a huge fucking mistake this park is horrible. Right. And then the next movie is no no we fixed it. Nope, the park is horrible. Like so you know it's like mm-hmm. so these kids are ostensibly in the park somewhere in A park or somewhere where there's din- like I'm just yeah. curious to see where it falls in the bigger Jurassic Park mythology.
1: It right? has the worst track record. I don't know why they keep opening Jurassic Parks. It has the worst (laughs) track record. All right, we're at the hour mark, so let's run through these real quick. Ad Astra, For All Mankind, and Ford versus Ferrari. Not necessarily geek stuff, but certainly um, exciting uh, trailers for me.
2: Uh, Out of those three, uh, For All Mankind, the Apple Plus series uh, from Ron Moore is the one that I'm most excited about. Yeah, interesting. Uh, You know, Ad Astra is a cool trailer. the concept that Tommy Lee Jones is Brad Pitt's dad and kind of disappeared. Uh, and Brad Pitt has to go find him and there's a giant threat to the universe. Interesting. Like it all, it looks really Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Ford versus Ferrari is, looks like a fun movie, um, about racing. Yeah. Um, it's cool. But like, uh, for all mankind, which is a, what would have happened if the Russians had landed on the moon first instead of the Americans and how that changed all of history hits me in all the right places Mm -hmm. and I think in a super geeky way. Yeah. Um, Mainly because I think that uh, I was actually talking to my brother about this this morning. Um, I think when people look back in a nostalgic way about America, Mm -hmm. um, despite... for all the people and minorities that America wasn't great necessarily back in that day. But when we do talk about that Americana, Norman Rockwell, like this idea of what we think of America, I think the time that a lot of people go to is that time around the space race. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Kennedy's moonshot, uh, just everybody kind of coming together to like kind of make this thing happen. Um, you know, even seeing, you know, like just the, that whole concept of the space race mm-hmm. kind of got everyone excited about we can do this. Yes, we can. And we did impossible things. And then because we got there first, we kind of stopped. We kind of, you know, we did. Yeah. We, kept, we kept space exploration up, but we didn't do it at the speed with which we did. And so this entire concept that if Russia got there first, mm-hmm. we never would have slowed down. And what that would have meant to all the other things, because like this trailer has... Uh, you know, women pilots becoming astronauts. It has people of color and it has a lot of things. So I'm curious to see what they do with it and how they do wrap in a lot of these other social issues of people, minorities, women, other things Mm -hmm. into this story. But the trailer got me really excited. Yeah, Um, yeah, at Astra, I can take it or leave it. It's a Brad Pitt movie in space. I'll probably go see it.
0: Um, uh, For All Mankind I love the trailer I love the idea of the sort of the alternate history sort of like Man in the High Castle mm-hmm. um, I told John this earlier but there's two guys in in the cast that I one worked with I'm like oh he, he's a dick yeah. and, and there's another guy who I was at a game night with I'm like oh he's a dick too Wow. so for that I'm kind of spilling like, the tea
1: wow I'm not, I'm not
0: saying who they are yeah is but it I, the ginger guy I'm not gonna say because he seems like a dick I'm Go not ahead, gonna yeah. say wow but Ford versus Ferrari I actually got to audition for yeah. and the little bit that I read it seems really, really good, and then you've got James Mangold from mm-hmm. Logan and from Walk the Line. You have what uh, uh, John Bernthal playing Lee Iacocca, yeah. Matt Damon, Christian Bale. Everything about that movie kind of checks off all the boxes for me. It was one of those films that when Disney, when that purchase kind of went through for, for Fox, that it was like, what are we gonna do with this yeah. now? Because I think they, as the purchase was ramping up, they were talking about, are we gonna delay it? Are we just gonna cancel it all together? And having read a little bit of the script, I'm really happy they made it.
1: Yeah, it looks good to me. I like Ford, I went in going Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, do I really care about a... Go ahead. Okay,
0: do I really care about a
1: car movie? And by the time the trailer was done, I couldn't wait to see the movie. Um, for All Mankind, I guess. Uh, Man in Hyde Castle has never attracted me to watch it. Um, alternate, rea- alternate history things are weird for me. I'm always like, oh, okay. We can barely get our regular history right when we do it and profile it on shows, so I'm concerned about doing an alternate history one. But I like the cast, Joe Kinneman, number of other uh, uh, actors throughout that, I, that I've that i seen before. A couple of dickheads. Yeah, I saw some character actors that I'm like, mm, this is the kind of level we're dealing with. But we'll see. Uh, but at Astra, uh, uh, to um, counter both of you, is the one that I like the most of the three of these. Interesting. So, we
2: all, out of these three, we all are, are kind of putting our. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. I got to think for space movies. I really do. Like, in space. You know that For All Mankind is about space. In the fake space. Hey, I'm talking about real
1: space where things actually happen. And it's no, a series. No. And it's a space movie. Yeah, space Ooh. movies. <laughs> I don't know if you understand the difference between movies and series. No, but I, I, um, for me, because at Astra, um, some people were comparing it to Interstellar or Gravity because it's the father son thing as opposed to father daughter or mother daughter thing. But I think that's a very tenuous connection to make. This is a completely different story. Uh, it looks wackadoodle, doodle, and it looks more akin to two thousand one than anything like Interstellar or. Uh, uh, or uh, whatever the other one was, Gravity. Could, to me, I just love movies in space. Movies done really well in space excite me. There's something about space that just does it for me. And this trailer, I was just like so on board. And having Liv Tyler coming back to a space situation like Armageddon, pretty excited about
2: that. That's my <laughs> daddy up there. <laughs> Don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> um.
1: So to me, I, I I can't wait for this. Plus plus because I think Pitt needs. One of these movies He needs one of these It's been a bit Well he's got It's uh, been a bit
2: He's got this And uh, Tarantino film Coming out so he's Yeah got, yeah Once yeah, upon he, a time He's got both of them Coming but out But he's
1: not the lead In that That's DiCaprio Right So it's an interesting but,
2: Or do you think It's
0: kind of a two-hander
1: No It's DiCaprio And Pitt plays his stunt double But DiCap- but Pitt is the one Who gets hooked up With Manson mm. So he's like The, the, the um, I don't know what you want to say But the dirty thing On the outside That's going to affect DiCaprio It's all about What's happening to DiCaprio
2: um, but I was gonna say, like, so both uh, Ford and Ferrari and Ad Astra are both Fox films that are yeah. now sort of, so now technically, I mean, they're being released under the yeah. Fox thing. But these are two of the films that were after, you know, D- Disney's pull. Disney's making the decisions on when these things are coming out yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, a minute and seven. What do you guys want? Do you want to jump into this uh, real quick? This segment about the '80s reboots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, because well, there was just so many. Uh... <laughs> All right, so one, one from each of us. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, because we were seeing, so we were talking about so many trailers that are coming out, that are connected to 80s properties. Uh, it was you who suggested, No, oh, it was Shannon. Shannon suggested that, that we uh, have this uh, segment here uh, called 80s Reboots We'd Like to See. So each of us is grabbing one property and then talking about, um, and you know, not too long, but talking about uh, why we'd like to see it rebooted. So Shannon, do you want to start us off?
0: Yeah, I'll start. So... The uh, film that I would like to see rebooted it would be a remake of the 1985 film <laughs> Explorers. Oh. <laughs> From Joe Dante, starred Ethan Hawke, the late River Phoenix, and a uh, gentleman named Jason Presson. It's basically about three... I, I think they're, they're either junior high or maybe... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're junior high. Three junior high kids that uh, essentially make a spaceship mm-hmm. and fly it around their town. And it has one of the best uh, film scores in history, in my opinion. And the movie is kind of famous for being known that as they were filming, the studio took it away from Joe Dante before he got to finish. Like, you know what? We're good. Wow. So if you ever watched the movie, the first two thirds of uh, Explorers are fantastic. The last act is really frickin' weird. Mm. They end up getting on a spaceship. The alien, it, it becomes a completely different film. It's wow. like, it, it becomes a little Muppet-like. Um, so... Thinking about where technology is now, where kids are, how smart they are now. I would love to see this remade now with three kids building a
2: spaceship. Okay. Mike? Um, I actually, I was going through the list and I'm actually feeling great because there's a lot of things that came to mind and I'm like, nope, that's already happening. Nope, that's going to be a series. Nope, they're already redeveloping that. I am going to say I want uh, a, a live action Silverhawks. Silverhawks. Yeah, Silverhawks, guys. Wow. Partly metal, partly steel. Silverhawks. Uh, Animated series Mm -hmm. came out uh, in the 80s. It kind of like was post Space Thundercats. Yeah, it came out after Thundercats. Uh, Like, Thundercats Thundercats has sort of aired. It's. And Thundercats is another one that I would want to see, but there's a new Cartoon Network series coming. that's sort of the Teen Titans Go version of that, so I didn't count that. But Silverhawks, uh, it was a sci-fi show that had all kind of the pieces. I mean, even the bad guy, I think his name was... uh, Monstar. (laughs) Monstar. But he kind of had a transformation the same way that Mumra did. He had this whole crazy rogues gallery. And the Silverhawks were sort of like space police, but they were these like human people, but they had metal bodies. There was the copper kid. They're called cyborgs. All right, calm down. <laughs> uh, but, like, there was the one guy, I forget his name, he was the cowboy. Bluegrass. Bluegrass. <laughs> Bluegrass. Wow. Uh, and, I, I love this. So, I love so. And Bluegrass, oh Bluegrass, God. like, he played his guitar and, like, m- musical as- notes came out as weapons. Like, I don't know. It was fucking wow. crazy. But, like, uh, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Like, it. it's one of those batshit crazy things that with, kind of to what you're saying, like, with where we are with technology and what we can do, uh, and, you know, you talked about like with Interstellar yeah. and Gravity and even Ad Astra. And we have these like sort of older, higher brow sci-fi movies coming out. But it's like, you know, it it Silverhawks kind of rides that weird line between there's technology, but there's weird mystical shit in space, kind of like what Star Wars has. And I think like in the right hands, kind of taking Silverhawks and making it like this big budget live action universe and franchise that you could really dive into. I think that, you know, one of the things that I loved so much with Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out is it was one of the first times that I had seen sort of like a fantasy, fantastic version of space that was absolutely nothing like Star Wars or Star Trek in any way, shape or form at all. Like it felt like a totally new version of space. And I feel like Silverhawks is one of those things that if you handle it just right, it would be like. I've never seen shit like this before. What is going on? And I would be... Here for it, oh the copper kid, oh copper kid. He communicated in whistles. He did. It was just like he was this little copper. I think he was. He, he, he was an alien. He was an alien. Yeah. He wasn't human. He was okay. an alien, and he kind of. And they had these cool little like metal hawks. And then the guy that was like the head of it. Do you remember his name? I know, but I remember what he looked like. He was like this ball guy. He was. He was literally the sci-fi equivalent of the captain in every '80s movies that was like, yeah, you gotta stop doing what you're doing. But, like he wore it, he
0: wore a shirt and tie. He had
2: a shirt and tie, but he had like a me, half of a metal head like it was just the weirdest show did you have those toys i, I won toys. i won a contest for our local affiliate where i got to go to the studio and pick out like five action figures like right when the silverhawks toys came out i was all about those toys if you wow. when you like when you went to press their legs together the, the arms popped out with the wings oh silverhawks y'all
1: what was the other 80s one that was animated. They had they were they wore those white suits and they became they had the wings on their on their
2: spacesuits. You're talking about Battle of the Planets. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's they, the they one. were like, they were kind yep. of bird
1: costumes. That yes, yeah, that's Battle of the Planets. I watched that one. That's the one I watched all the time. And Thunderbirds, that puppet one. Oh that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Team America Battle of the Planets.
2: On. And then there was like and then there was like because like there was the Transformers and JJ, But then there was like right. Thundercats and then there was Silverhawks and then. There was tiger sharks. Oh right, tiger oh. sharks. Nobody remembers tiger yeah. sharks. Who was like, where they when they jumped in the water, they transformed. That we'll get to that another yeah. day. That's my other reboot. But let's let's tackle silverhawks first, guys.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh, mine is uh, Back to the Future. I think it's time to reboot it. Ooh, that is Ooh. yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, I know.
0: Bold. Yeah. I, Why? Why? I,
1: I put my balls on the table. Why? Uh, because I think it's time, and I think it's there's stuff to play with. With Michael J. Fox still alive or Christopher Lloyd still alive, you wanted to maybe work them into the movie. Do you want a reboot or do you want a sequel? I want a soft reboot, which is maybe Michael J. Fox's kid or grandkid who discovers this uh, time thing and then messes with his entire family or messes with the world or tries well, to so that's, becomes a hero. So
2: that's a sequel. Well,
1: no. No, it's a reboot. No. It's a soft reboot. If Suicide Squad can change and be called a soft reboot,
2: let's it's so, not it's a soft reboot of the property, it's not a
0: remake. Let's right. not
2: let's not take anything that DC is doing with the DC universe because that is <laughs> an example of what anybody should be doing how with their I, movies. How about I do
1: what I want to do? <laughs> almost but but no.
2: made it all the way through without mentioning DC. <laughs> yeah,
1: you almost did. No, no, okay, fine. Then and then a complete reboot of it. I think there's time. I think there's certainly enough I think there's, there's been enough so, time since it's, the
2: third one is so most passed. people think of Back to the Future as a near perfect movie. They a lot do. of people do. Yeah. And so, why? What What do you think needs to be done differently, or do you just think yeah. it's a franchise that there's a lot of money to be made, and the and Universal should open it up again and have that as a franchise?
1: Kind of like that, yeah. Because I mean, the first one was like 1984, 85, 85. something like that, 85. So that's like what 30, some the last years ago. One came
0: out in 89,
1: right? So like, this been a long time. So a lot has changed in terms of the ideas of time travel in multiple media the ideas of what you can do with that when you get there. We just saw that with uh, Avengers Endgame, how they just completely destroyed all the philosophy of Back to the Future. So, I I would love the
2: idea... Very explicitly. Yes, they did. Uh, Back to the Future 2 is... Back to the Future is wrong. (laughs) It's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, So, to me, I think it would be
1: interesting to have a new take on Back to the Future, a new family, new kids, new whole situation. Uh, You could have echoes of the original story, but I think there's a lot to explore within uh, that idea that would be fun to see a, a, a kid who' was in his 20s grabbing the mantle and, and and doing something new with it, finding an actor who could play the doctor, uh, what if you're gonna have a uh, if you're gonna have a Doc Brown or some version of Doc Brown in there? great I think we can put away the Libyan terrorist thing Uh, I think we you know there's a lot to it we can actually make the girl part of the situation part of the story would be nice instead of constantly letting her fall asleep on the porch
2: somebody put Jennifer to sleep we'll wake her up at the end of the next movie exactly
1: oh put her to sleep again uh, you know, all that kind of shit. And also, we don't have to have the weird uh, subplot of uh, the mom trying to sleep with her son. Like, the, we could k- get rid of all that. That's literally the core piece of the movie. Yeah, yeah, but you can get rid of it and still make the story work without it. I think there's possibilities to make the story I... work without Because it. it's about him trying to put his parents together so that he can be born. It's not about him trying to sleep with his mom or keep his mom from The general overall, the foundation of the story is, I need to go back in time to see if I can have a better future. And I like
2: that. I don't, really know. don't know if you can touch back to the future, but I yeah, I disagree. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I don't but, care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm a no, no. fight. It. I'm Jon Snow pulling my sword out. I, uh, bring it horses. I just you know what it is, but it, it's I I'm torn on it because I do think because like as I was thinking about it, like I was thinking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. And then I was like, I don't want to see a new version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, I don't think that we can do it better. I don't know. I agree. And I so I, I'm getting to that age now, I guess, where there's certain things where I was like, eh. Don't touch it. But the probably the more like former executive part of my brain is like Back to the Future is a huge franchise and we're leaving a lot of money on the table if you don't do it. And I do think that that yeah. is true.
1: Think about it as a 10-episode Netflix series, a season. Like Dark Crystal? Mm, sure. But this is with way more better box office than Dark Crystal. Imagine a reboot of Back to the Future as a TV series. So you're exploring everything that can happen. You have, you have more... Of a wider birth to create characters, to create storylines, to create uh, uh, stuff that's going on from. And he's not going back into the fifties; he's going back into the eighties. So it may it works even more so because the eighties nowadays is now what everyone is going back to, including Wonder Woman and all Stranger Things has an eighties vibe to it. So you're still going back
0: thirty years. Whenever I watch Back to the Future, I don't finish thinking I wish they
2: would have done this more.
0: I view it as kind like not yeah, but, two and three yeah but, yeah, but because it's uh,
2: presented in that but way. But I mean, but here's the here's the sad part of it is if they made Back to the Future again today, it's not being made for us, right? That's the but if you make it a series, you have more with
1: Goldie, you have more with all these other great fringe characters in the series that you can explore their backstory. You and might have
0: just convinced me. with that,
1: the Goldie I'm just argument. saying, there, there's so much to explore <laughs> well, the character. Goldie got you there, yeah, Mayor Goldie. <laughs> like, and, oh, And all Biff's different guys, they can stop being caricatures and they can actually be real people going through real storylines in their worlds and their lives. I think there's something to explore. Can we put Billy Zane in it? Fuck yeah, Billy Zane could be the principal of high school. He could take the place of the little dude with the bald guy.
2: What about Tracy Morgan?
1: Tracy Morgan cannot (laughs) be in this film. But there were black people in the 80s, so Tracy Morgan can be in it. Because apparently the only Goldie's in the 50s. So you could have more black people, too. There you go. Wow. More women be a part of it. It's, there's so much to explore if you go back to the 80s.
2: I thought that I was passionate about Silverhawks, but then Johnny started talking <laughs> about his 10-episode Back to the Future reboot and put me to shame.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there's some to explore in the right hands, in the right creator. I, I bet you would do a great job. You and Shannon would do a great job with it, Mikey.
2: I'm Aww. just saying. Well, now you sold me. There it is. Boom. Where, where it. do I Flat, sign? Flattering. <laughs> where, where do I sign? Where do I sign? I'm in. I want him in the room, son. I want him in the room.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up. Uh, that's a fun. That was a fun conversation. Um, any last things we
2: want to say before we wrap up? Uh, I want to know what everybody thinks out of, uh, yeah. out of Silverhawks and Explorers and Back to the Future as a reboot. I want to know what everybody listening to this thinks, uh, thinks is the winner out of those three.
1: Yeah, after you pick up your phone, could you throw it at the wall with my reboot idea Back to the Future? Yes, good. let us know what you thought. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's been a pleasure to be doing the show for these last few weeks. You guys have done... Uh, like, our listenership is building, which is great. Cannot encourage you enough to please share these episodes with, uh, your, with everyone who follows you on social media. We're building from the ground up. Uh, We're not on big networks. We're building from the ground up, and we appreciate all... The uh, positive words you've sent already, but please keep spreading it out to everyone you know, and this includes people who are have large followings. Please retweet it and say something nice. Don't just retweet it; retweet it with a comment, so like you're personally saying you liked this show.
2: And also, don't uh, don't forget to uh, you know. Uh, rate us give us stars leave comments the more that you do that the more we rise up and the yeah. more people see us uh, and the more people uh, can come and join the party so please do that as well Yeah, yeah and we- if
0: you would like to follow us yeah. on social media on Twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram it's at The underscore geek underscore buddies.
1: Yeah, and I think as we go forward, we should start asking for questions from the fans that maybe we can answer on the show to kind of end the show or in the middle of the show to make it a more of an interactive experience with the fans. That'd be fun as well. Yeah, I think that'd be... A blast I mean,
2: maybe this week what are your guys ideas like let us know which out of the our three reboots you like best but mm-hmm. uh what would be your reboots and yeah. maybe uh next week we'll uh talk about some of them on the show yeah maybe we'll pick a couple that we really like yeah yeah pitch it to us that'd yeah. be a lot of fun um
1: and yeah what michael said is absolutely 100 percent goes forever please we only have five uh comments on our on the itunes please if you listen to the show go and leave a comment put a rating it puts us up Gets us seen by more people. It's really important. Or on any of the uh, apps that you use to listen to our show. Thanks again, to Anchor, to be uh, for being the the one that distributes our show. We can't thank that app enough. Um, uh, follow uh, Michael at MK Tune. Yep.
2: Follow, follow Johnny at The Roca
0: and
1: follow Shannon
0: at Shannon underscore McClung on Twitter at Shannon the Geek Buddy on Instagram.
1: And uh, before we wrap up, we should let you know we're doing reviews of Godzilla King of the Monsters and what's the other one? Deadwood. Deadwood. They'll be dropping here in the next few days, so look out for those as well. So subscribe to us. That's the kind of content that's going to start generating, and we're going to do more and more of that for you, so we're, it, it'll be worth it for you to subscribe to us. All right, take care, everybody. And that's the end of the episode here on, on the, the Geek, Geek Buddies. Buddies. Hey!